Good evening, and welcome to the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite weekly podcast for intelligent conversations about the vampire community and the show VD Diaries as a whole. My name is Beth Kozlowskis, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Claire, and we're happy to welcome you back for episode two. Hi, yes, tonight we're talking about the Night of the Comet, which is a very action-packed episode in which not all that much actually really happens, despite a lot happening. This is very true. And to be honest, I thought that we would see the comet play a more central role, but it really wasn't that important. Yeah, spoiler alert, the comet was very CGI. Well, not even CGI, more like matte painting. It was, and somehow the comet was the size of the moon, and yeah. nobody really cared or was panicking. Nope. But we'll get to talking about the comet a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's just jump right into our recap of the events of the episode. Uh, so you might recall that last week we ended on Elena inviting Stefan into her home. So you were probably thinking about Chica, wow, wow, but no. They did not do it, they did not kiss, and they didn't even hold hands. The year 2007 was a different time, Claire. What can we say? The kids didn't move as fast back then. I guess that's true. But Stefan is a gentleman, unlike some other brothers of his. And he wants to take things slow because he needs to live up to the expectations of Catherine 1864. What kind of Edward Cullen bullshit is that? I don't know. I don't know where these guys get this chip on their shoulder about how they have to be so appropriate and need to be invited into a house before they can cross the threshold. I know. Just break into the house, throw her down on the bed, and have your way with her like a real man. I know. I don't know what's I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> so anyway, there was no boning of any kind or even anything approaching the bone zone. But as Elena very excitedly tells her friends Bonnie and Caroline the next day, they talked all night and it was just so wonderful. And now she's just totally in love with this strange man who looks way too old to be in high school. I know. He looks way too old to be in high school. And I also, you know, I'm a new viewer to the show. I also don't know in this episode why I'm supposed to care about Elena and Stefan being together so much. Because to be truthful, the only thing I think they have in common is that they both write in their diaries. That can only take you so far into a relationship. Yeah, that's true. Although they do both know what it's like to have their parents be dead. Oh, that's true. Elena's parents died four months ago. Stefan's died probably (laughs) at least 100 years ago. At least, at the very least. Get over it. I know. Get it together, Stefan. You have one facial expression. (laughs) (laughs) But so when the the episode starts, what we see is... um, the fog rolling in again, right? Oh, the, yes. The I creepy about fog from last episode. Horror movie scene. And kind of an echo of the premiere, except this time our lovebirds are camping in a tent in the woods rather than driving a car. They are. And the lovely girlfriend is saying, It's going to rain. And the boyfriend is like, Shut up. I have a present for you in the car that I have to go get. And she's all it's like, It's my penis. Yeah, it I was totally it his car. penis. <laughs> and he got his because, well, spoiler alert. This whole podcast <laughs> is a spoiler <laughs> alert. It is. I, I apologize, dear listeners. One day we'll be able to tell our episode recaps in chronological order without spoiling uh, what happens in the episode. But anyway. (laughs) So Damon straight up murders this guy when he goes to get his penis from the card. Uh, He, well, you know, you have to assume it's Damon because it was last time. And And he brought the creepy fog. Yeah, there was creepy fog rolling in. We didn't see the crow, but it was probably doing something crowish nearby. But we don't realize at first, or 
the lady in the tent doesn't realize at first that her boyfriend has been myrtleized. She just hears something start dripping on the top of the tent, and she's like, ha ha, dumbass, I knew it was gonna rain, lol, lol, hashtag prescient. <laughs> but then she gets out of the tent, and there's no rain. And she's like, what the hell? Is somebody peeing on my tent? Is somebody peeing close to me? What is that dripping sound? And all of a sudden, we cut to the top of the tree where the boyfriend who left his penis in the car, his head's all dangling off and he's bleeding all over the place because he was attacked by none other than our good friend, Damon. Yes, not Stefan. (laughs) Not Stefan. Don't get it twisted. I know. We need to do a rundown of the characters at the beginning of the episode. Stefan would never murder a man in in a tent. That's true. He's too classy for that. Yeah. So, yeah, the girl tries to run. She tries to get back to the car, but she doesn't have the keys. And it doesn't matter anyway, because vampires have super speed and Damon eats her, too. R.I.P., girl. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I thought you said, all right, P, girl. (laughs) It works both ways. Maybe she was the one that was peeing on the tent at first. And then when she was finished, (laughs) we heard the blood dripping from the severed head of her boyfriend. But now we'll never know, because she's dead. She's gone. Gone like the wind. So yeah, we're really rooting for uh, Damon at this point in the episode. Like, we think he's a stand-up dude. Yeah, he's shown us nothing but good citizenry. Is that a word? It is now. It is is now, and it has a D in it. That's what she said. The Beth Kozlowska story. (laughs) All right, so after our murder intro, uh, we get a little cute interlude of Elena and Stefan writing in their diaries about how excited they are to be alive now that they've met each other. And it's actually kind of dark. Like, Elena's this, like, 16 or 17-year-old girl, and she says something like, For the first time in a long time, I didn't regret the day before I even woke up. Yeah, it was super intense, and th- and they were both talking about how things were different now because they were actually awake, but before they were just floating through life with their eyes closed. I mean, I suppose when I was Elena's age, I probably felt really profound emotions like that, but as a cold and hardened adult with a heart of stone, it all just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, I kind of agree, especially when um, Stefan and Elena were, I guess, writing in their diaries at the same time, and also their voiceovers were happening at the same time, and they were writing the same exact thing. Um, But that's how we know that they're soulmates, Claire. Mm, True. Yeah, I mean, we need a reason to pull for these guys, because who even knows what Stefan's thinking half the time? He's just staring at the distance like... Did I make a reservation or did I forget? Does that does that place have valet? <laughs> He's got a blank stare on his face half the time. That's true. Did he leave his debit card at the bar? Did mm. he leave his phone in an Uber? I mean, you can, you can never know with him. He's a cipher. <laughs> So yeah, then we get the scene of Elena dishing with her girlfriends, and Bonnie's being cute and supportive, and then Caroline's just like, girl, jump on that D. What are you waiting for? How? Why aren't you fucking him Like as we're talking right now? Which is actually kind of an impressive turnaround, because last week she was so salty that Stefan didn't want her, but now she's actually being supportive, if a little, you know, crass. Yeah, I thought that Carolyn wasn't that bad in this episode, whereas last week I called her my nemesis immediately after seeing her. But this week, you know, when we left her last week, she had just seen Damon giving her that creepy ass smile of his. Mm. Um, But yeah, she was kind of supportive of Elena and was like, girl, get that dick. (laughs) She was indeed like that. Mm hmm. Um. And weirdly enough, Elena then is like, instead of saying, Caroline, back off, I can, you know, make my own choices. She's like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to go and ride that Italian stallion. And she just gets up, leaves her friends at the, like, outdoor cafe where they're hanging out and just goes to Stefan's house, sees that the door is ajar and just waltzes right inside. (laughs) Like, 
a true, you know, class act. She does. She pretends to ring their doorbell, which really is a literal doorbell. It's just a tiny bell on the outside of the door. And when nobody comes to answer the door because it's the world's quietest doorbell, she just walks right in like she owns the place. Also, that place was pretty nice, but pretty creepy. I guess the perfect dwelling for a vampire. It basically should have had a neon sign like, everybody who lives here died a hundred years ago. Blood is in the refrigerators. It was like high ceilings, but dark and gloomy with like red armchairs by a fireplace and oriental rugs. Yeah, and there was like a carving of a lion on the outside of the front door and there were so many seating areas it's like how many friends do vampires have yeah their foyer was like the size of my entire apartment but like three times as tall oh yeah that was a multi-story foyer (laughs) but i guess when you know you're a vampire you gotta have the right mansion to you know invite all your blood bags into it's true you need to set a creepy mood that makes people feel slightly uneasy because i feel people like damon feed off that shit well yeah i guess it gets their blood pumping a little oh there you go we figured them out (laughs) we have podcast over (laughs) mystery solved (laughs) yes the end um so when elena walks in she's kind of creeping around expecting to find stefan she's all stefan stefan where are you i want to ride your d but instead of stefan she comes across damon and at this point elena and damon don't know each other so it's kind of a surprise and also stefan explicitly told her or hinted in the last episode that he didn't have any siblings She asked if he had any siblings, and he said, none that I talked to. So she's very surprised that his brother apparently lives with him. And, you know, imagine not talking to somebody in that giant house. It would just be really quiet and creepy. It would be really quiet. But because the house is so big, you might actually never see them. True. And if there's one thing I know about vampires, it's that when they go to sleep, they hang from rafters uh, upside down, you know, by their knees. So maybe they spend a lot of time sleeping. Yes, that must be it. (laughs) But yeah, they have this conversation where Damon's clearly evil, and he's dropping hints about Catherine 1864. And Elena reacts as though the idea of a teenager having dated somebody else in the past is like the most horrifying revelation in the history of time i know she wasn't ready for that but i'm like girl you're 16 you have a past you 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 dated matt you know how this thing goes but she thinks that Catherine 1864 only broke um stefan's heart but i have a feeling there's something more behind that story that we'll find out later or we'll just never hear about it again. Who cares about Elena's twin, Catherine, 1864? That's true. I have this sneaking gross suspicion that Elena is actually Catherine, 1864's like great-great-granddaughter that is also her doppelganger. I really hope that I'm wrong because I think that that's a little gross on Stefan's part, but that's my prediction for this episode. Nothing like fucking your way down the family tree. Oh my god. It's a good thing to write in the family Christmas card once uh, (laughs) Elena and Stefan start sending that out. Dear Catherine1864, I very much enjoyed your great-great-great-granddaughter's vagina. I found it very hospitable and slightly reminiscent of yours. Love, Stefan. (laughs) What a sad note to get in the afterlife. (laughs) So... Eventually, after Damon has been creepy and obviously up to no good to oblivious Elena, Stefan shows up and he literally basically just stands there staring at Damon and says says like two words and dismisses Elena from the house. Yeah, he's like, it was nice seeing you, Elena. And she's like... Without uh, looking at her once. I know, it was so fucked up. It's like... Man, I came over here, I broke into your house to try and ride your D, and then all you do is dismiss and diss me. It ain't right. And, you know, with Stefan's lack of facial expressions, for all you know, he's like, leave so I can fuck my brother. Yeah, he's making the same face at everyone almost all of the time. 
And it does have that sexy smoldering look, I'm not going to lie, but also slightly confused. And they talk really close to each other, Stefan and Damon. And I don't know, like, what this is, but I know that this show and Supernatural have many fans who want the main brothers to be in love with each other. And it's like a thing. It's a whole thing where people want these incestuous relationships. And I'm like, is it just because they think the actors are hot and would like to see those two actors make out? Which I can certainly understand. But they don't mind that in the story it is disgusting. Not to kink shame, but... (laughs) I know, that's taking it to kind of the next level. Like, would they find it sexy for real-life siblings to make out with each other? That's, That's my question. I feel like that's a question that I don't really want to know the answer to, but I, I'm i giving these people the benefit of the doubt, and I want to say no, that if it wasn't real life, they wouldn't like it, but... But then you have guys who, according to film and television, would enjoy having sex with twins at the same time. Yeah, that's something that I've never understood. I feel like that's super gross and really weird. We've gotten off on a really creepy tangent, for we which have. I... Sort of apologize. Hey, this is the places where the Vampire Diaries takes us. We can't help it. (laughs) We just gotta follow the journey. (laughs) We sure do. (laughs) To Incest Junction. (laughs) So So, yeah, Elena pieces out because there's an awkward vibe and Stefan is acting like he never wants to see her again. And Stefan and Damon have yet another intense conversation about how Damon's up to no good and he's fucking up Stefan's life. Damon's like, why don't you drink human blood like a real-ass vampire? If you only drink from chipmunks, you can't do shit. Yeah, because if there's another thing that I know about vampires, is if you don't drink human blood, then your powers are greatly weakened. So he can't do things like brainwash people into thinking that other things happened. He can't um, jump really high and push people out of windows super fast. But we've seen him do both of those things. We have, but, but we I guess know he's that not as fast and as strong as Damon. It's true. It's true. He would lose in a fight, probably. I must now apologize for the sound of a car alarm that you might be hearing. This is the fourth time I've heard it go off today, so I'm really excited about this new neighbor. These are the drawbacks of recording a podcast in your apartment. The home studio is is great, Claire. I love it. And I feel like that really gives it a little bit of character. (laughs) Thank you, Beth. So I feel like we might have skipped over, like, a bunch of shit. I think we did. I think that we skipped (laughs) over um, the episode. (laughs) I think we did. I mean, we've been talking for 18 minutes at this point, and we, I think, are just more or less in the intro. Yeah, so I I have written here some stuff from scenes I'm only now remembering happened. So there's this whole continuing drama with Jeremy being on drugs yes. and not going to school and all this bullshit. Um, I really enjoyed, at the beginning of the episode, Elena and Aunt Jenna, who is their guardian, uh, are talking and Elena asks jenna where jeremy is and she says oh he had to go to school early to finish making a birdhouse and wood shop and elena's like girl please <laughs> but i was really hoping that what she was going to say is making a birdhouse is that some kind of stoner lingo <laughs> just like chill yourself from yeah. the previous episode I know, Jeremy's some bad news, and, and you know how I know he's bad news is because in a, in the next scene when he is at school and he's going to confront Tyler about why he didn't visit Vicky in the hospital yet. Which is what Jeremy was doing instead of making a birdhouse. That's so he wasn't true. actually smoking up this time. He was creeping at the bedside of a young woman who has repeatedly told him to leave her alone while she's unconscious. Anyway, continue. Yep, normal. But then we find out that Jeremy is, you know, just a big tough guy because when he's walking across the schoolyard, he is wearing a black t-shirt and one leather cuff bracelet. Very reminiscent of Ryan Atwood of the OC. If only he was wearing a wife beater and maybe a choker. I know. Uh, So dreamy. So Jeremy is going over to confront Tyler and he's like, hey, man, like, why aren't you visiting Vicky in the hospital? What's wrong with you? And Tyler 
Tyler's just like, chill yourself. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care about Vicky. And he thinks that Jeremy is as annoying as hell. Which is true. It is true. Like, far be it from me to defend Tyler, but get the fuck out of his face, Jeremy. It's none of your damn business. I know. This chick doesn't want you in her life. So nothing really comes of this because Tyler can't be bothered to beat Jeremy up because he's just some little dweeb. But there is, you know, a rivalry brewing there. There sure is. So when we see that um, Jeremy and Tyler aren't going to fight to the death, um, we pan out and then we see Matt and Elena talking, I believe. And she's saying like, hey, how's your sister? Because she just got bit by something and she's been in the hospital. Um, Do you know what bit her? And Matt casually says, yeah, she thinks it's a vampire just casually brings it up in conversation doesn't think that it's weird to talk about well the reason he doesn't think it's weird is that he believes that vicky was drunk when she told him that he doesn't jump to like oh she lost a lot of blood she's clearly you know not thinking straight she's lying (laughs) she's just woken up from being unconscious in the hospital oh yeah she must have been drunk that's why she thinks it's a vampire (laughs) Like, you're a solid little brother, Matt Donovan. I know. Oh, is Matt the little brother? I thought he was the older for some reason. You know, I'm pretty sure that he is the younger brother based on future events, but they don't make it clear. Yeah. But I I think that that is the case. I think she's a year above uh, Matt and Elena in school. That makes sense, because um, when Tyler... No, when Jeremy is talking to Vicky in the hospital and she's like, you're so young. That makes sense because Jeremy is Elena's younger brother. Mm. And if Elena and Matt are in the same grade and Vicky is older than Elena. It's math. Yeah, it's math. There's numbers involved. I can't be expected to uh, really explain what's going on here. So speaking of people being drunk, uh, Bonnie's grandma gets a couple of shout outs in this episode. Uh, You know, she's still talking about the whole I'm a psychic thing, uh, but she goes on to tell Caroline that her grandma actually says she's a witch and that they're descended from Salem witches. And Caroline is like, oh, Grandma Bennett's hitting the bottle again. Ha ha ha. Which seems a little insensitive, but Bonnie also called out her drinking earlier, so... She did, Right now I'm just like, where is this drunk grandma who talks about witches? I want to hang out with her, not fucking Jeremy. I know, bring her onto the episode. Bring her to the cool lodge where they all hang out. I want to hear her stories. (laughs) Me too. Because is Bonnie psychic or clairvoyant? What's the difference? I don't think there is one. I don't think so either. Well, I'm sure that there is. And all of our (laughs) listeners are now going to email us and be like, excuse me, but a clairvoyant is somebody who blah, 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 and a psychic is like Miss Cleo or something. I don't know. I don't know either, but I can already hear the mail flowing in. It's like (laughs) Harry Potter in here where all the envelopes are coming in under the doors. Yes, we sure are. All right, so other things that happen at school. Uh, Stefan has brought a gift for Elena. This is before their awkward standoff at the Salvatore Manor. Uh, He brought her a very old copy of Wuthering Heights, which I only remark upon because that book sucks, and of fucking course Stefan thinks it's a romantic gift. He does, and he makes sure to tell Elena, I have a lot of books. Yeah. So there's more where that came from, Elena. Steady yourself. Do you have the library from the Beauty and the Beast castle? Because if not, maybe don't brag so much. Right? I know. He doesn't know who he's stepping up to. I guess maybe they might have one of those, like, bookcase ladders. In which case I would be impressed. But... The ceilings in that manor are certainly tall enough to support such a library ladder. We'll have to pay more attention next time. Yeah. I just want to, like, zip back and forth on the ladder. I don't even want to pick out any books. I just want to... I know. I just want to climb it and just, like, float back and forth amongst the ladder tracks. And reenact the opening song of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, Where Belle's just, like, zooming along, singing about her weird adventure books. (laughs) 
Have you ever seen a library ladder in real life? I feel like yes, but also maybe I've just seen a lot of movies and TV shows that have them. So I, I also feel like no. I feel like it might be a false memory of mine, but I want it to be real so it's bad. It's like the fucking Berenstein Bears. Oh no. We shouldn't go down that path. We shouldn't get, go down that path. There's not enough time on our podcast to be truthful. Okay, but before we move on, now there's a new one where people think that Sinbad was in a movie called Shazam, but it was actually Shaq. Yeah, they're just racist. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) They think that all all brown men are the same and that they're all genies. (laughs) But the internet was blown away by the fact that Sinbad wasn't in... Shazam. Shazam. Which doesn't exist. Shazam doesn't exist? Either Shazam or Kazam doesn't exist. I forget which one because it's the same name because people are remembering the movie wrong. (laughs) That's true. Sorry to bring this up. I clearly didn't do my research. (laughs) I might be one of these people that we're talking about. We're going to get some nasty letters after this podcast. And this is only our second episode. I feel like we might have potentially lost some listeners at this point. I feel like we already have a million listeners, though. I I mean, we we must. We must. At least. At least a million, probably more. I mean, how how could you not start listening to this podcast just based on the topic? Yeah. And the name. Totally. Everybody wants to hear about VD. (laughs) they do (laughs) so anyway I think the only other thing that happened at school was that Aunt Jenna had to go to Jeremy's parent-teacher conference with the history teacher who was such an asshole to Elena last week oh yeah this guy fucking sucks oh my god so Aunt Jenna goes in looking all fly wearing a dress with a very low-cut back I loved it she looked great um but her teacher or not, not Aunt Jenna's teacher, <laughs> Jeremy and Elena's teacher was all like, you're doing a shit job at raising these kids. Who the hell are you? Um, you think that raising teenagers is possible? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, then you're doing it wrong. You've done nothing. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He is. And he also thinks that a sign of Jeremy being on the weed is that he comes into class hungover. He's also so girlfriend, I don't think you know how marijuana works. I know. Just saying. I feel like that teacher what what's his last name? Tanner? Mr. Tanner. Mr. Tanner. Is the descendant of Danny Tanner, which is why he's so straight edge. Um (laughs) must be. I feel like he's one of those teachers that goes back to high school to try and be friends with all the kids because he never had a cool experience. So now when he sees a kid being a drug dealer, he's secretly jealous and he calls in his young aunt to yell at her about it. How lame would you have to be to think that Jeremy Gilbert is cool? You'd have to be a teacher that came back to high school (laughs) in order to try and make friends because you didn't the first time around. Touche. But yeah, that guy is horrible. Yeah, I hate him. But Aunt Jenna now is so concerned about Jeremy and Elena. No, just Jeremy. Oh, because yeah, Because then she goes Jeremy. to Elena and is like, give me parenting advice, child I'm responsible for. <laughs> She's all like, I'm doing the best I can. And then she tries to have a heart-to-heart with Jeremy about, you know, drugs. And she, she goes She gets up, real. She does get real. It's <laughs> like a big gasp, jaw-drop moment. Because she is like, hey, listen, Jeremy, I made us tacos for dinner. Did you know that when I was a freshman in college, I ate all the nachos in the world because I was high? And Jeremy gets so excited for a second because he totally thinks that he's going to, like, light up a J with his aunt right now. But then she's like, but then I put on a lot of weight and I was working toward my thesis. I'm like, you were just talking about freshman year of college. So there's like a lot of years in between that I want to know about now. There is. (laughs) But the point is, she's trying to be like the cool aunt, but also cautionary tale lady. And Jeremy just straight up like shrugs and walks out of the house. Like, I don't (laughs) know where he's going. He probably is going back to the hospital to try to hook up with an unconscious girl, but. Probably. That wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, he's like, Aunt Jenna, I'm out. 
like I can't listen to you talk about how getting stoned, you know, didn't really pay off and it was fun for a little while, but it eventually catches up with you. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. And also, okay, so I I, I get that this is a teen show and we want to treat drugs like they're the most horrible thing in the world. But it's hilarious the way that everybody acts like Jeremy's, like, hooked on heroin. I know. (laughs) Jeremy is, like, clearly healthy. And, like, he's at least showing up for school sometimes. It's that leather cuff that's throwing everybody off. It's really not the drugs that are the problem with him. It's that he has a shitty attitude, that he's an asshole, and that he doesn't show up for school. I know. Like, he's also just smoking weed on the side. Get over it. That's why he's so hungover all the time in class. Oh, yeah. Those, <laughs> those weed hangovers, man. There's nothing they're, like them. They're killer. So I think we've covered the school day now. So the, that transitions into the big town festival that night to celebrate that a comet is passing by that hasn't been there for like 150 years. And it's very historical because Mr. Tanner says so. Oh, yeah. So he gets mad at... Stefan and Elena for gazing lovingly at each other while he's talking about the comet. Oh, yeah. So everybody's meeting in, I guess, the town square to watch the comet pass by at an extremely slow pace. Yeah. Um, We see our good friend Caroline there. Um, This is how I know that the show took place in like the early to late 2000s, um, because Caroline is wearing one of those mini sweaters that went out of style. So, you know, like the long sleeve ones that cut off like right under your armpit. I have three of those. Right now? Yeah. I I, bought them last year. Oh, that's good. Now I just just feel like a huge asshole. (laughs) Let's cut this part out. And this is where our friendship ended. This is all of the episodes that you get. I'm going to wear a little sweater to your wedding. I don't care if it's too warm outside. I'll call you Caroline the whole time. (laughs) I'm okay with that. Yeah, she's not that bad. It was ruffly. Are your sweaters ruffly in the back? No. Oh, God, no. Her sweater was short and ruffly Bury me 12 feet under the ground before I go out in public wearing anything with fucking ruffles. There you go. Ruffles are for eating, not wearing. (laughs) And you can quote me on that. This is a paid endorsement by Ruffles or whatever company owns them. Yes, they are delicious and not for wearing. So yes, this, this Comet Festival seems to involve a lot of children having their face painted and people holding candles, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Because it seems like the kind of thing that would be like an annual ritual, but this is the first time the comet has passed in 150 years. And also, if you want to look at something happening in the night sky, you probably don't want to create more light pollution. I know. But it's really just an excuse for some like visual metaphors because we first see Matt holding his candle and then he uses his to light Elena's because she lights his fire in his pants. Yep. And then she's like, thanks, Matt. And then she turns around and lights <laughs> Stefan's candle because she wants to light a fire in his pants. And then they have this conversation like, oh, yeah, it was really uncomfortable and weird when you like did not acknowledge my existence when I was in your house. And then we're making sex eyes at your brother. <laughs> and what was up with that? I guess we probably are both too damaged by our tragic whatever sibling situations and exes to be together i know it was dramatic and then elena gives some kind of like sweeping speech about how you know maybe they just weren't meant to be maybe they were just two people who met and had an epic conversation and then the sun came up and reality set in and then she blows out her candle she does she's turning the light off in their relationship it's well, really deep. It is really deep. And luckily, Stefan is wearing his gaudy ass ring so that when the light shines on him, he doesn't turn into dust. Yes, that is a plus when you're trying to date. So the other thing I want to say about this comet thing, even though it was really not a big deal in the episode, I have a lot of feelings about it. So Bonnie is talking earlier in the episode about how she was talking to her drunk grandma who told her that last time the comet passed overhead 150 years ago, like, all sorts of people died, like, shortly after. 
And it was like the war and shit was happening, but it was like a bad omen. And yet the whole town is celebrating this. Like, if this comet is a harbinger of doom, maybe y'all should just like go home and watch Netflix. Right? Maybe don't gather in a centralized location outside underneath this giant comet that's With half the size fire, of the moon. Holding fire <laughs> everywhere. They're just asking for some bad news in this town full of vampires. I don't want to, like, spoil anything, but Mystic Falls really does not need to bring any more bad omens on itself. <laughs> like, it's doing all right. There's vampires murdering people willy-nilly. It's just a bad situation. Right. I agree. Bring the drunk grandma to explain things to us. I know. There's a lot of exposition in this episode, and a lot of it is from Elena. And much as, you know, Nina Dobrev is a wonderful actress, nobody can really make that sound natural. I would much rather hear it from a drunk grandma. Same. So something that we have also completely skipped over is the fact that Stefan overhears the conversation that Elena has with Matt at school where he shares that Vicky thinks it was a vampire or knows it was a vampire that attacked her. (laughs) And he's like, fuck, if I want to stay here and get into this child's pants, I have to make sure that I'm not exposed as a blood-sucking fiend. So he goes to the hospital and vampire zooms into Vicky's room and stares at her with this creepy vampire stare and tells her it was an animal who attacked you, not a vampire. Yeah, and he says it, like, a couple times to her, and then she's all like, it was an animal. But, but, does he do that good of a job because he doesn't eat human blood, you know? No, I'm gonna give him a C-, because it lasts for a little bit, but then she starts having creepy nightmares where Damon keeps on popping up out of nowhere and fanging at her. Yeah, he's all like, Shh. Yeah, and... And it brings back bad memes. Yeah. So she's starting to freak out. So she she lets Jeremy give her a bunch of pills without asking what they are. Oh, yeah. And he's just carrying them around, like, in the prescription bottle inside of his coat. And he's like, hey, babe, knock yourself out. Take these pills with three Zs. And she's super into him now because when he comes and visits her while she's conscious... Uh, after being like, Jeremy, seriously, what the fuck? Leave me alone. Nobody can know that we fucked. Please don't tell anybody. I don't want anybody to know, and I want you to leave me alone. She says this, like, five times. Then he, like, drops a mention of the fact that he's the one who found her in the woods last week, and suddenly she's like, thank you. And now she's, like, in love with him or something. Yeah, everything changed, and it was super weird because... The way that she said it, she just, like, completely changed her whole attitudes towards Jeremy. He's like, well, I'm the one that picked you up in the woods. Oh, thank you. Like, what was he going to do? Just leave her there? I guess with the other people in her life and how tragic things have been for her (laughs) in these two episodes, maybe it's just that, like, everything is so shitty that somebody not abandoning her to bleed out in the woods is the nicest thing anybody's done for her. Oh, that's so sad, but it also seems pretty true. Like, Jeremy's the best person she's got going on because he carried her out of the woods when she was almost dying after being attacked by an animal. Yeah. So anyway, the the brainwashing is wearing off, and so Damon decides that he's going to attack her again so that he can have it out with Stefan on a rooftop. So he just, like, drags Vicky to a rooftop and is pretending he's going to shove her off, and Stefan hears it with his super hearing, and he zooms up onto the roof to be like, what the fuck? I know, and he comes out of nowhere, and also, Damon, come on, leave the poor girl alone. You already got her once, but he's like, I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. He's basically just trying to get Stefan to drink her blood, because he has this weird fixation on getting Stefan to start drinking people. Instead of animals. That's true. And I think it's because he misses his brother, right? And and Stefan's all like, what? Why do you want me to do this? You want me to expose myself? Or you just want to be brothers again? Because we're the same. I don't know. It's hard to say because he really does not seem to like Stefan very much. Or, you know, really have any kind of kind feelings. And there is a hint that there was some tension between them and Catherine 1864. 
So there might be just this long-running feud between them, and he's just trying to fuck with Stefan's life. Ah, that's true, too. But it's hard to say at this point. It is. It's those complex sibling relationships. You never know if it's about the girl. You never know if it's about the rivalry. Or the weed. (laughs) Or the weed, the drugs. Such is life in Falls Mystic. Mystic Falls. (laughs) Falls Mystic. (laughs) The Falls of Mystic. So anyway, they're all up on the roof and... um, Poor Vicky's just, like, lying on the roof, bleeding out again. I know. Damon tore her band-aid off of her wound on her neck. And he says, hey, Vicky, you want to know who attacked you in the woods? It was a vampire. Stefan attacked you in the woods. Stefan attacked you in the woods. And she believes him. Because he has super vampire powers because he eats people all day long. Exactly. So now Stefan's in the predicament of either, hey, I bite this lady's neck out and drink her blood and then she's done and I'm safe because she won't tell everybody that I attacked her in the woods. Or I could leave her and let her go into the town square and cry, Stefan is a vampire. He ate my blood. And then Stefan says that the townsfolk will take him into the town square and drive a stake through his heart but he'd rather have that happen than drink human blood and he also drops a sick burn that he says uh he'd rather have that because it means damon wouldn't be in his life anymore oh yeah that was the sickest burn you got your brother and damon is just like all right well if you say so, but then he surprises us all by going back to Vicky and whispering some sweet nothings in her ear. And suddenly Vicky's like, oh, how'd I get on the roof? Ha <laughs> ha, I took some pills earlier. It's fine. I'm it's all go back good, to the man. party. Yeah. Come on, girl. Get it together. She you're going to end up like that tent lady if you're not careful. She just needs a friend. I worry about Vicky. I do too. Again, the best thing she has in her life is Jeremy. And that's just sad. It is just sad. Especially because, I don't think we talked about this, but earlier in the episode when Jeremy is fighting with Tyler, and he's saying that he got with Vicky, and Tyler was all like, oh man, whatever. And he's like, hey, at least I didn't have to force her into doing it. And nobody thought that that was weird. They all just ignored it and didn't bring it up. Including Matt. Her brother, who's standing right there for this whole conversation. And, like, this just giant group of people is talking about having sex with his sister, and he's just pretending like it's not happening. And all the time, like, she's missing and being eaten by Damon, and finally Matt's like, well, why don't we go find her and stop talking (laughs) about who had sex with her consensually or non-consensually yeah let's just change the subject and go find the lady because she's missing good god it's fucked up it is poor vicky poor vicky what is she from i recognize that girl probably from oh she was the girl who transfers to the school and hangs out with uh, the nerds that one time but then she becomes friends with the popular kids I, I remember, and I think that that is who it is. She looks like she's the same age now as yeah. she did in there. And that had to be what? How long ago was Freaks and Geeks on? It was like 150 years ago. <laughs> At least. She is a real-life vampire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're almost the end of the episode. Uh, what happens? Oh, yes. Uh, Elena gives parenting advice to Aunt Jenna and somehow is inspired by her own advice to give it another shot with Stefan. So she's like, I know you're having a crisis right now, Aunt Jenna, and, you know, you probably could use some moral support, but I have to go do something or someone. So she goes and tracks down Stefan at his house again, but she doesn't let herself in this time. She rings the stupid doorbell and (laughs) somehow he hears it this time. Yes. Well, he does have super vampire hearing. I keep forgetting all these vampire things. It's very important. It is. So in kind of a callback to last week, which ended with Elena inviting him into her home, he invites her into his home, but she wants to go and look at the comet instead. And then they have a romantic conversation about how it wasn't just one epic night of conversation, that they really 
want to be with each other and then they make out yep stefan doesn't want to have any regrets and (laughs) he tells elena that he doesn't want to have any regrets (laughs) and they continue their epic conversation and then they make out hey i've been waiting for something like that to happen for these past two episodes yeah it's pretty fast how they get there it's kind of a refreshing like one of the things that i'm sure you'll come to love about this show is that you don't have to wait long for anything because something insane will happen like five times in one episode. Yeah. Like the plot moves very quickly. It, it's a little slower in this first stretch of episodes, but having them jump to making out on the second episode is pretty par for the course. Yeah, and at this point I really feel like, what, they've known each other for maybe 36 hours at this point? <laughs> yeah, it's been no more than a week at the far end. Yeah. Well, I guess that's not too long to wait before making out with your one true love. Yeah, I guess not. And they did talk all night. They did. And it was epic. Did we mention it was epic? It was so epic. Yeah, and and I think the last thing that happens is that Caroline is now wandering around the festival by herself, and she runs into Damon, and she's really excited, so excited, in fact, that she doesn't find it creepy that he he just like popped up behind her while she was picking her keys up off the ground and she immediately starts flirting and he starts flirting back and then later they're at i think her house going at it Mm -hmm. and then he vampires out and bites her and then we fade to black he does it happened so fast yeah caroline was just out there looking for some love after stuff had turned her down and I mean, if there's one thing that I know about life, it's that if you're sitting in a parking lot by yourself and some dude just shows up standing behind you, you don't invite him home with you. Yeah, probably not. Even if he is Ian Somerhalder. Yeah. But things don't end well for Caroline, and now I'm starting to feel bad that I said that she was my nemesis last episode, because she was just out there looking for love, and then she got bit by a vampire. It happens. Who among us hasn't had that? I don't know. Once or twice. (laughs) It's that typical coming-of-age story. (laughs) (laughs) And we're we're left in suspense. Uh, What do you think is going to happen with Caroline in the next episode? Is she dead? I feel like she's not dead because Vicky's been through so much and she's like totally fine. (laughs) So I feel like Caroline will be around for a while. Um, But here's the thing. I thought when vampires bit people, they also began became vampires. But I guess this isn't a universal rule about vampires. So we'll have to see what the rules are in this universe. Yeah, I think it changes from vampire media to vampire media. Okay. Um, Like, in Buffy, they have to exchange blood, I think. In True Blood, they have to drain the person's blood and then give them their blood and bury them overnight or something. It's very intense. Oh. But you'll you'll see eventually what the process is. Spoiler alert. Somebody at some point in the eight seasons of this show will be turned into a vampire. (laughs) Good. I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's not too much in the future. All right. So that takes us to the end of our recap. We were going to try to make it shorter this time, but we somehow made it 15 minutes longer than last time. So It's also, I think, longer than the actual episode. It most certainly was. But there's a lot to talk about. There is. There's so many characters. There's so much action. There's, um, you know, so many good things to talk about. So we should move on now to uh, our first segment, Who You Want to Punch. And, you know, there's really stiff competition for it in this episode. I could say any number of people, and it would be totally justified. But I'm going to have to go with fucking Mr. Tanner. Good choice. Because he was like, oh my god, I was, I've seen this episode multiple times, but I had forgotten what a dick he is. He is just patronizing to Aunt Jenna. He's talking down to her. He's like, do you have teenage children? You look like you aren't old enough to have a 10-year-old. Yeah. So you don't know what you're talking about just because you're a teacher and a shitty teacher at that. You don't know how many people died in that battle in Mystic Falls that you were talking about last episode. 
no, he's the worst. And he's like, let me guess, Aunt Jenna, you're just the kid sister who got strapped with these kids. It's like, you try and raise two teenagers on your own when you're just becoming an adult yourself. Yeah, and she's writing a thesis. Cut her some slack. And she recently gave up smoking weed. (laughs) (laughs) It's been rough. And also her fucking sister just died. Like, what the hell? Right? Let's not forget that Aunt Jenna's going through some shit, too. Maybe instead of, like patronizing her and yelling at her and telling her that she's a shitty guardian, maybe have some, like, empathy and say, hey, can I help in any way? Like... Right? Or offer some constructive advice. (laughs) Instead of just inviting her in to berate her. And I also love how he's... How he was like, oh, well, their parents died four months ago, so they should just get over it already. Like, that is not even that long of a mourning period. No. Especially both your parents tragically died in a car accident in which... Well, I guess for Elena, it's a little rougher because she was in the car. Mm -hmm. But, you know... Jeremy is more fragile. <laughs> Clearly. So who is your pick? Um, so, like you said, I feel like I could have picked anyone for this episode, but for my Who You Want to Punch this week, I pick Jeremy. Mm. Um, he was just such a whiny little brat the whole episode. You know, he is just annoying. Yeah. The fact that he's carrying around, like, two prescription pills in, a, in, in like, a prescription thing, like, what, what? I understand that he's a pill pusher, but I feel like you don't have him, like, pre-portioned out into individual prescription pill bottles. Um, also, when he's sassing Aunt Jenna and... He, she tried to connect with him and he was all like, I get it, Aunt Jenna. You were cool once. Leave me alone. But then she throws an apple at the back of his head. It's very satisfying. That's true. That was my favorite part of the episode, actually. Um, And then we see Aunt Jenna going through Jeremy's room, trying to find all of his drug paraphernalia. And we find out that Jeremy hides his bong inside of his boot. So he puts his mouth on his sweaty-ass boot bong. That sounds horrible. And no wonder Vicky doesn't want to kiss him. He has boot mouth. Right? I know. That's a horrible disease. Also, like, what 15, 16-year-old just has, like, a giant bong? Where did he get this bong? Right? How did Jeremy, like, fall so deep into this? It is. It didn't even fit in his boot because they held up the bong and then they held up the boot. So it was, like, kind of tucked in there. But there's no way that the whole thing was in there. The most satisfying part of that is actually that Elena is just then holding the bong for the entire emotional conversation with Aunt Jenna about parenthood. (laughs) She is. And then she, like, hands her a bowl after she's holding the bong, and then she has to catch that. So there's just drug paraphernalia everywhere. Yeah. It's very embarrassing for Elena and Aunt Jenna to have to deal with. What can you do when you got a pill like Jeremy in your family? I know. And it just keeps bothering me that he goes to hover over Vicky the whole time that she's in the hospital. Like, leave the girl alone. And then in the conversation that they do have, she says over and over, I don't want anybody to know that we had sex. And then the first thing he does is go to the Mystic Grill and get into a shouting match in which he says that he, I think his exact words were, we did do it. Over and over and over and over. Oh, I almost super forgot gross. about that. It is super gross. And he's bragging about in it. In front of her brother. Yeah, who says nothing. Yeah. Except for, oh, hey, speaking of Vicky, I think she's missing. <laughs> Let's go find her. Or was that later in the episode? No, that was, that was okay. the same part. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So Jeremy just brings destruction with him wherever he goes, and I find that he doesn't really have a lot of redeeming qualities. Yeah, definitely Except not. for his sexy leather um, cuff. <laughs> yes, that, that is a big point in the yes column. Indeed. So once again, I find that who you want to punch, much like in life, segues really well into why are men. Uh, I think so, too. So in the real world, men are very why and (laughs) (laughs) that's the best way to put it and in the vampire diaries possibly even more so yes so this week there was a lot of stefan and damon having 
conversations about their weird relationship in the context of females who are just kind of on the periphery and completely ignoring said females so that they can talk at each other. Oh, that is really true. They do it with Elena. They do it with Elena multiple times, I feel. Or at least when they're in the house with her. Yeah. Stefan doesn't even talk to her when she's there. Yeah, and Damon is just using her to get at Stefan. Yep. And then the, the same thing happens on the roof with Vicky. Like, for half of that scene, Vicky is just, like, lying on the roof crying while they yell at each other. It's like, they're more than objects, guys. I know. They're not props for your fucked up sexual relationship. <laughs> As weird vampire brothers that pretend to be teenagers, but are actually 30-year-olds who are 400. Yes. Uh, I feel you, Claire. The patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I've already talked about it a little bit when we're talking about how much Jeremy sucks, but I just don't understand how there are so many dudes in this episode and they're all talking about having sex with Vicky and nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares that she's in the hospital except for Jeremy, but he only cares because he wants to bone her and wants to stalk her even though she wants nothing to do with him and has said so over and over. We have um, <clears throat> we have Matt, her brother, who doesn't even say anything when all these guys are talking about having sex with her all willy-nilly. And there just seems to be a lot of lack of respect for women in this show. And I think that there's a lot of focus on building up the male characters that we see. Um, but the women characters really get, a, I feel like, a pretty small amount of time on the show. Yeah, I'd say this episode was really light on the ladies. We barely saw any of Bonnie except for her like mentioning that her grandma is drunk. <laughs> but now that we're talking about Bonnie, I realized that we did forget one very key moment. Oh. In which Stefan is looking for Elena at the Mystic Grill and he asks Bonnie and Caroline if oh, they know where she is. Yeah. And Bonnie is like, okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do you a favor here and give you her phone number and her email address, so you guys can just, you know, stop dancing around each other and get to Texton and Sexton. <laughs> and she hands him this piece of paper with the number on it, and their hands touch, and she recoils, and just is, has this terrified look on her face. And we know that she believes she's psychic, mm -hmm. and that she had a vision about danger coming to Mystic Falls last week. So we know that she saw something when she touched Stefan, but she doesn't tell us what it is. She just kind of runs away and we don't hear from her again. <laughs> no, I think she says, like, what happened to you? And then she's all like, sorry, that was rude, BRB, and then she runs away. Yeah. See, another symptom where if a woman tries to speak her mind, she has to immediately apologize <laughs> and exit the scene. Yes. Ugh, God. But yeah. you're right, that is really important because we're seeing Bonnie's powers uh, come out a little bit more. And you know what? I have to say, this episode did not pass the Bechdel test. No. I think the conversations that we saw between Elena and her friends were all about Stefan. And the one conversation between Elena and Aunt Jenna was about all Jeremy. about Jeremy. Yeah. Yep. Wait, no, I lied because Bonnie and Caroline have a conversation about Bonnie's drunk grandma. It does pass oh, the Bechdel it does. test. We are blessed. Yay. Once again, the drunk grandma Thank brings God. it home for us. Thank God for Sheila Bennett. <laughs> uh, indeed. And I think that brings us to our last segment. <laughs> uh, who you want to do it. Who should have done it. Who should have done it. What'd I say? <laughs> who you want to do it. <laughs> Same thing. This was hard for me because everybody kind of pissed me off this episode. I feel like I was really excited last episode and we were getting to know everybody. But now, I don't know. I, I was a little annoyed. Um, but if I had to pick, I think that Damon and Caroline might deserve each other. I know I keep flip-flopping yeah. on Caroline, but... I still can't get the idea that she was hating on her friend. How come Elena gets everything without trying? This is a competition, blah, blah, blah. So I guess the fact that they hooked up is kind of pleasing to me. So are you saying that she deserved to be bitten by a vampire? <laughs> she had it coming? 
I don't know. I don't think I'm saying that so much as I wasn't that mad to see it happen. Okay, that's fair. So I tried to think of a male character who was in that scene with uh, the pissing contest between Jeremy and Tyler, who wasn't related to Vicky, who could like complete the picture of people just treating her like a sexual object. Yeah. But unfortunately, nobody else was in that scene. So my pick is the two campers from the beginning of the episode. Oh, yeah. Because it seemed like they were going on a romantic camping trip and they had not yet uh, achieved coitus. Is that a a phrase? I think it is. Do you achieve coitus? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or do you, like, perform it on each other? (laughs) I think it's an achievement for everyone. Okay. I think it's something you work towards. They had not yet achieved coitus because he had left his penis in the car oh yes <laughs> yes he said he had a surprise for her so i assumed it was his penis but mm-hmm. uh he said he had to get it from the car which raised some interesting questions it did yeah i want to know more but yeah i wish that they could have you know pounded one out before they got brutally murdered like it would have been nice for them to go out in like a post-orgasmic haze it would have but we know things don't work like that in mystic falls it's true Anytime you're not one of the main characters and you're, like, around fog, you're definitely going to die. It's true. Um, And that reminds me, speaking of the creepy fog, we did see um, our good pal the crow briefly. We did, yes. The crow came back very uh, emphatically. (laughs) He did. He was all crowing around like, ah! But I forget when he popped up. It was when Elena broke into Stefan's house and she was looking for him. And she's looking around, and she doesn't see anybody, but she kind of hears some creaking. And then she starts to try to walk out the door, but suddenly a crow just, like, flies into her face like she's fucking Fabio or something. (laughs) And it caused, and then she turns around, and Damon's right there. Oh, yeah. It's intense. Quite a first meeting. It is. Why isn't she more concerned about the fact that there's a crow in their house? (laughs) Right? Where did the crow go? (laughs) I feel like. She should have brought that up, at least to one of the guys at some point during that whole conversation. She's probably just flapping around the ceiling, which is two stories above their heads. Right? I know. She couldn't see it by the time it flew into the distance that much. Maybe she was just lost in Damon's eyes. Probably. Ugh. All right. So I think that was all I needed to talk about. Did you have any closing thoughts on the episode? I didn't think this episode was as good as the pilot, to be truthful, but I, at the same time, I feel like they have to set up, um, you know, some events so we could get the ball rolling for future episodes in which I feel like a lot of shit is going to go down based yeah. on the fact that, what, we had two and a half attacks in this episode? Yeah. Uh, we had vampiring out. We had creeping. A lot of creeping. Creepy fog. Creepy Jeremy. Creepy Aunt Jenna finding bongs in the boots. (laughs) Her Aunt Jenna. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I'm excited for next week. Yeah. I think that next week you'll like more. It's uh, Friday Night Bites. Oh. Oh, it's already my favorite episode. (laughs) Hashtag Clear Eyes Full Hearts. Can't get eaten by a vampire. Ah! (laughs) Yeah, so I'd agree this is not as good as the first episode, and I think that its main purpose within the context of the show at large was to establish the dynamic between Stefan and Damon, because Damon didn't come into the episode until like three quarters of the way through last week, so we didn't get to see a lot of them together, and it was mostly them like flying through windows and yelling about Catherine. That's true. So... I guess we established a little bit more about how much they hate each other and how Damon's the murdery one who is a bad influence and Stefan's the one who's the vampire vegetarian who just wants to have <laughs> sex with teenagers. Every man has his faults. But then in a twist, the one who has sex with a teenager in the episode is Damon. But Oh, yeah. And then he bites Carolyn at the end. Yep. Whew. Yeah, so he gets... A few good drinks in this this week. He, he does. murders two people at least. He bites Vicky again, and he bites Caroline. He must be just full. I know the news must be going crazy in Mystic Falls. I wonder yeah. if next episode they'll blame it on the comet. Mm, that's an interesting thought. The comet's making the animals go crazy and attack people. 
It is. Do you think that the brothers were brought back by the comet? I wonder. Ooh. You're asking me as though I don't know the answer. <laughs> I'm asking the audience. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, viewers, <laughs> tell us. What, do you think the comet actually had a point? Or was it just a strange device for them to have some kind of function in the town square this episode? Which Only look- time will tell. Yes. I see the owls coming in already with all the viewer replies. <laughs> you can call us at 555-123-4567. We'll be waiting near the switchboards. <laughs> and on that note, I think we can wrap up this uh, second episode of the Vampire Diaries Diaries. Next week, we'll we'll see if it's just a shot-for-shot remake of a Friday Night Lights episode or if it's something completely different. We can only hope... Thanks for joining us, joining us, y'all. And don't go camping near fog. And don't leave your penis in the car. And watch out for creepy crows. Gah!